Welcome to No Clip, the podcast that's like a book club for people who don't think that books reward them enough for being good at them. I'm Chad Rothermans. And I'm Andy Kinnick. And today, we're going to be talking about No More Heroes, which was developed by Grasshopper Manufacture, which is a weird name for a, a video game developer. Uh, and was published by Marvelous, and it was released in 2007 on the Wii, and just this year, in 2020, on the Switch. Yeah, uh, different, this is one of those games where in it was published by somebody different in, like, every territory, mm-hmm. and I didn't want to write all of that down. That's fair. And also, there was, like, an enhanced version, quote, air quotes around enhanced, uh-huh. um, on the 360 and PS3. That apparently counts as a different game because it's not listed on the Wikipedia page. That makes sense. I mean, so I think this game being the Switch version, being the non-enhanced version, like it's a remake of the original Wii version, uh, makes like they wanted to capitalize on the fact that there's brand awareness of No More Heroes. Mm -hmm. But fundamentally, the version of the game that we played is different than the original version because we do not have Wiimotes. Right. It has just regular controller support. Yeah. And so I do want to to sort of like tamper expectations of the things that I'm about to say by saying that we did play this game with a controller and I'm positive that the experience is different if you're shaking a Wii remote around. Mm Mm-hmm. No More Heroes is an action-adventure game, uh, and it is a trash-bad shit game that I hated. Uh, what do you think, Annie? <laughs> um, I have lots of mixed feelings about it. Um, I, uh, most of my notes are criticisms. <laughs> Um, but for some reason, like, I find myself, like, wanting to like the game for some reason. I can't really explain it. Like, it, it feels like a passion project, and especially if you look at it, like, the time it came out, it's very much, like, feels like it was against the grain of stuff that was coming out at the time. Like, I don't know, there's just things about it that make me want to give it credit, where maybe it doesn't deserve it. <laughs> um... So, yeah, it's got a, a weird quality to it. It is certainly not aged well in a lot of ways. Yeah. I wonder how much of this game, like the way that I feel about this game, is related to the fact that I did not play this in 2007. Yep. I feel like it's one of the things that I was thinking about while playing it is like, a lot of this feels like it would have landed way better with me at the time. And I feel like it especially coming out in like 2007 or eight, whichever one it was, um, would have been an earlier Wii game and probably would have felt really novel. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that's the, that's the trick though with early Wii games is that everything felt really novel at the time. Like Wii Bowling, a game where you basically rotate your arm for the, it's the whole game, just rotating your arm, but with a controller in your hand, was a novel enough simulation in a home console that Wii Sports is the biggest thing that was ever released, according to sales figures and shit, right? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, it's one of the best-selling games of all time, mostly because it was packaged with a really good-selling system, and 
that that kind of novelty, especially early on in the the console's lifespan, you have games like Red Steel that sold really well enough to warrant a sequel that nobody played because everyone bought the first game because the idea of playing like a GoldenEye style multiplayer first person shooter with motion controls was novel to them at the time. Uh, and I will say, as somebody who played Red Steel, that I do have to give that that concept does hold up because of the amount of contact uh, Red Steel that can be played, where you just fucking slam into the people playing to throw off their aim. That is a whole meta game, <laughs> and if that's the experience you're looking for, highly recommend Red Steel for that. <laughs> yeah. Uh. But yeah, and the fact that it is like, I remember this game getting press. I remember get this game getting a lot of press. And I think a lot of it sort of, it is like the spiritual successor to Conquer's Bad Fur Day, in my mind. Where it is like, this was a, a an intentionally very, like like raunchy teen yeah. comedy crass yeah game that was released on a nintendo console that traditionally have pretty strict like guidelines as to what can be approved and so there is a novelty to that as well mm-hmm. uh so i want to i want to hand it to that uh to, to the game for that i guess like, yeah i don't remember this game getting press at <laughs> all like i had never even heard of this series until probably like 2010 or 11 like when i would have like made a youtube account like i heard people talk (laughs) about it on there and you know it had been out for several years at that point um it's it always had this kind of like hidden gem like kind of like uh stigma for me Mm -hmm. like all this like cool action wii game that i never heard of uh and i don't i i suggested it for the cast and it was because i thought of it as this like cool mysterious hidden gem that i missed uh when it came out and my sort of like read on this game prior to playing it uh was you were like we should do no more heroes and my reaction was fuck yes i've always wanted to play that game and just never did uh i apparently missed that there were ever sequels Mm. or that it was released on consoles other than the wii because in my mind when i heard about it i you know like i knew about the game but the wii was new and I had like a backlog of games I wanted to play. Mm-hmm. And then by 2008, I never wanted to touch a Wii again. Uh, and so I didn't buy it and, and didn't buy any more Wii games for basically the rest of that console's lifespan. Um, and I think that like that is part of the reason that this game has stayed in my in my mind this whole time. Like there are a lot of things about this game that are very cool. Like I think the when you look at the game, it's got a weird title. It's got like a, 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 not a cool main character, but like a main character that just bleeds irony. Like mm-hmm. it's this sort of uh, anti-hero character. Yeah, I. it really hurts it for me that he just looks like video game Johnny Knoxville. <laughs> like we talked um, a about while Xeno ago. Clash. We talked about Xeno Clash, and I called the character like a, a wannabe knockoff Johnny Knoxville protagonist. And uh, Travis Touchdown must have rolled in his grave when I said that because he's the real Johnny Knoxville 
knockoff protagonist. Yeah, the only video game character who is more like Johnny Knoxville than Travis Touchdown is Johnny Knoxville from Jackass the <laughs> I mean, game. He looks almost <laughs> exactly like him. Yeah, it's a little strange. Yeah, so that... I can't unsee that, so that <laughs> that bothers me about his design, but... Uh, that's fair, but if... Travis Touchdown's likeness was a bit stolen from Johnny Knoxville. That's just keeping in line with everything else that was... Sure, yeah, I'm not, like, disagreeing with you. I just wanted to say that. Yeah. Uh, But, yeah, so... I... We have a running joke here. Mm -hmm. uh, Not on the podcast, in our real lives. I'm going to have to explain to the audience, because... And it's not going to be funny because you aren't part of the joke, but you need it to understand where I'm coming from on this. Uh-huh. There is a movie, a whole franchise of movies, in fact, um, that is really popular uh, or was really popular in the 90s uh, called The Evil Dead. And people are familiar with it, generally speaking. And the the general consensus is The Evil Dead is like people. I think it ages poorly. And a lot of people agree with me on that. But it is still held up as being like this great low budget indie horror movie for the time that it came out. The Evil Dead 2 is basically a soft reboot of the first movie, and it's also really well regarded. I think it's the best one. And then Army of Darkness is this like absolutely wacky, like Escape from LA style, just like crazy bullshit mm-hmm. set in the same universe, but like now they're in the mid, like the Middle Ages and shit. And it's wild and has become sort of a cultural phenomenon. And Andy hates these movies. And (laughs) I I feel like I only purport to hate them because they're so highly regarded. Like the original movie has like a 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Like, and you said you think the first one holds up poorly. And I completely agree with that. (laughs) It's so cheap. Mm -hmm. Like it, it feels like it, it, I don't know. It just it feels like a student film, and most student films are say it with me, bad. Uh, so like I don't know. I just it baffles my mind that people like that movie so much. Mm-hmm. So I just feel like I needed to, to explain myself. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it, it's 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 film. It's like it's an art form. It takes like there's definitely accounting for personal taste, and even if your taste skews against what is popular that doesn't make it wrong it doesn't make your opinion right. wrong. but anyway you were saying shit. yeah andy hates these movies yeah and is always you know and he says basically those things anytime it comes up it's just like i feel like i'm living in a different universe like the, i'm in the berenstain yeah. universe <laughs> where everything is backwards and everyone loves this movie that's not good mm-hmm. i had to, I hate doing this before podcasts, yeah, but I had to find out what people said about this game when it came out because I had a memory of everyone talking really positively about this game, and I looked it up and my memory holds everybody gave it fucking great scores. X Play, ever the <laughs> review uh channel of choice at the for, time, yeah, yeah, uh, gave the game a five out of five, like a perfect score. Um, uh, and like every other, you know, reviewer of note at the time gave it fairly high reviews. I think the lowest one that I found was like a 77. Uh, I cannot point to a single thing in this game that I thought was good. And I want to 
try because we have to do an hour and a half on this mm-hmm. and i'm already struggling <laughs> no, i got you covered be... i got you good. covered i i also thought this game overall was not very good mm-hmm. but i feel like there's a plethora of things to talk about in its badness <laughs> so i got i got you covered yeah i just i want to be constructive yeah so the okay the best thing about this game is the combat and the combat is okay. See, I actually, that's the one positive thing in my notes. Is like, mm. I actually think the combat is good. Uh, I just, I don't think the game design supports it that well. So you're saying like the mechanics of yeah. combat. Yeah, I fully agree with that. It's a yeah, great it, idea. It feels like it doesn't get to stretch its legs. Like, it feels like 85% of the game is just you fighting henchmen. Yes. And it just... I don't know. It gets, it's just really repetitive. Mm-hmm. You find a lot of henchmen and the... I don't know what I was thinking when I came into the game because I did the tutorial and the tutorial puts you up against these guys and I was like, oh, okay, so it's just like they're going to throw some easy AIs at me and I'm going to do the things they ask me to do. And then I'm going to go into the, the real game, the quote-unquote real game, and fight people who are like these characters but are more dynamic and do more things that's incorrect the tutorial guys are actually harder than a lot of the enemies that you fight in this game because they are just regular enemies and they throw in a lot of enemies that weirdly just have one hp just as like a I, like to in order to put more of them in front of you i think mm-hmm. uh fighting a million dudes in this game feels terrible and is like the number one way it decides to ramp challenge up throughout and by throughout, I mean I didn't finish this game. Uh, so up until the uh, number four on the ranking, mm-hmm. uh, the way that they increase challenge most of the time uh, is to just throw more and more enemies at you. The The combat works best in an open area, but not too open. Because when you're in an area that's too big, enemies will just do this loop where they will run away and then stop. And then you run up to them and you hit them a couple of times and then they run away again. And then they're gun enemies who just require strafing for the most part. But it's annoying because they don't really do anything else. Mm -hmm. And then you have uh, corridor areas, which are terrible because the camera is awful. And you end up like you'll get knocked down and just not know it because your character wasn't Mm -hmm. on screen the whole time. And... Just there's very little room to maneuver, and the enemies have unblockable attacks that have really long windups and insane indication that they're gonna do an unblockable attack, giving you ample time to move out of the way. Uh, and so, but you're in a corridor, so the only thing you can do is just back really far away from them or back a little bit away, turn around. It's just it feels very scripted, like flow charty, like mm-hmm. the the fights don't. There isn't much dynamic to them. You just do the same shit over and over again. Yeah. Um, oh, God. Or you said a lot of things. I, did. I, I may have gone too far. Yeah. I actually feel like I found the camera to be, like, surprisingly fine. Uh, I think when I booted it up, like, this feels very much like a PS2 game, as a lot of early Wii games did, mm-hmm. and I uh, maybe I was just expecting it to be, like, dog shit, because of, like, the era <laughs> the game came out, but I, I actually thought it, like, behaved pretty, like, solidly. I, I don't know why it's, like, a thing 
from games at the time that like when you go up and down stairs they feel like they need to pan the camera for you yeah i don't get that it must be the way like the camera gets caught on the geometry or something must have been an issue back then it's the only thing i can think of but that's annoying mm-hmm. um and i guess on the combat itself i think you're mostly right like you just i think it's like a lot of games like this like third person action combat games you get better at handling that stuff as you play it more like um handling like mobs of dudes it's usually like you kind of as they run at you in their group like they do you can kind of like time like a high strike so that you'll clash with one of them pretty reliably and then you can hit them all with like one of those the killing blows yeah so like you kind of pick up on little like techniques like that and there's also like charge swings that you can use to knock a bunch of dudes down uh but they use like a bunch of battery uh, so like there's stuff you can do and but as I said or as we both said, it just it isn't really worth it to like <laughs> ex- like to actually like get good at the mob fights because they are very like tedious and repetitive. Yeah, like if you just find a strategy that works, it doesn't have to be good. Like mm-hmm. you just have to repeat it. And you'll just win every fight. I remember one of the, uh, like, assassination missions. I don't know what you call them. Like, the ones that you do for cash uh-huh. was to just kill 100 people in a time limit. And I, I think I took a clip of this. I don't remember. Uh, I took a clip of a car being buried into the sidewalk, which was fun. But the... Uh, uh, the, I came close to failing it because the game just chose not to spawn anyone for like 15 yeah. seconds. Mm-hmm. Like the last couple of dudes will like spawn in one at a time. Yeah. And over a very long time, like I finished it with two seconds left. Mm-hmm. Like it was so dumb. And I feel like that's, that's the story of the game is that even when something seems like it's going well, there's always these other elements that kind of like creep in to fuck with it. Yeah. But I do I do think that the base combat systems are a good idea and uh, I hate the bosses so much though. Like there's no good exhibition. I actually of the enjoyed mechanics. the bosses personally. Uh, most of them. We're gonna have to have like a big talk. Yeah. Um but we'll do that. That's like third on my list. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh I feel like there isn't a great exhibition of the mechanics in a way that is I mean, okay, here's here, here's my hot and cold. Uh-huh. Hot, I think if this game... This is hot both in its sort of positive and also it's a, it's a very hot take. Uh-huh. If this game treated its combat encounters in a smarter way, then this combat system would feel a little bit... A little bit. People, please. <laughs> please forgive me this. It would feel a little bit like Sekiro. Because it is like, it's, it's very, I guess, mm, also, I think Neo does a similar thing, but like, it is about overcoming your enemy's defenses more than it is about your own offense until it isn't. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I, I think that if they had tuned it smarter and they gave you less enemies to kill at once and made the enemies themselves a little bit tougher there would be that sort of back and forth 
that you want where you have to like analyze what your opponent is doing and then strike in the way that is appropriate for the situation whereas now i feel like there's like 15 dudes and so you just start throwing out attacks and you don't really look at where they're guarding or if they're going to attack. Because if they attack you, you can clash and kill them instantly. And if they're guarding, you have a 50% chance to just hit them anyway. Plus you have moves that stun them. And throwing people is actually just stupid effective, even though it takes way too long for my tastes. Like, I don't know. There's like a disconnect here where I feel like the combat system could be really good, but they just don't give enough, uh, they didn't give enough attention to the AI. Mm-hmm. Um, man, you keep on going off on these tangents. <laughs> uh, I didn't think that was a tangent. That was directly related to the combat system. No, I mean, I don't mean tangent as in you went off topic. You just mean you talked for a while. <laughs> a, a, a rant, maybe. Yeah, this is the problem. You have, like, written notes, and yes. I have notes that I refer to. Right. And when you do that, you just want to, like, spool <laughs> it all out. <laughs> Yeah, it just, I think a lot of it just doesn't feel like it got a lot of polish. I think this is, like, all aspects. Like, it, it feels like, I think the guy's name is, like, Suda51. Yeah. Um, it just kind of feels like he had this, like, idea for a stylish hack and slash game. And then just kind of tried to brute force all the ideas that he had to, like, work as a cohesive thing rather than, like polishing the design of it all yeah i mean i agree with that because <laughs> i think like the baseline point of this game from what i can tell unless it like the the version of this game that i think might exist mm-hmm. and i don't know that exists out there and is is the good version is at the end of the game it just goes like you're an idiot for playing this bad <laughs> game and that's why everybody loves it because they love the how it baits you in with all this video game bullshit yeah but i think that the point of the game is to be satirical yeah yeah um and i remember what i was gonna say about the combat in related to your tangent uh is that it feels i think you're describing like a a better more like modern design informed version of it but i think what it really wants is to be a little bit closer to like dynasty warriors like i think it wants you to mow through the guys like the 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 henchmen enemies um and i mean my opinions do align with yours like that gets old fairly quickly and mm-hmm. something a little bit more minute to minute engaging would have been better yeah and there's evidence also to support that i think the strongest being what i think is a really cool mechanic so add this to the the pros column Mm -hmm. uh is this the little uh slot machine wheels i don't think it's executed the best but that's not news uh the the i like the if you kill someone the traditional way like what is the basically the slowest way to do it which is just like combo somebody until they run out of health Mm -hmm. then you get this opportunity to just get a random power up and i love that conceptually like i really like the idea of just being like fight hope for a power up and if you get it then you get this brief moment of just like being like way overpowered and just destroying shit and it works like i feel like most of them feel good with the exception of the shooter one which feels Mm -hmm. like real bad but uh the the they feel like 
good to use and you kill a lot of people with them, but it feels like they're in there and they just make combat encounters the one thing in the game that's enjoyable to do. Vanish into the ether. So... Yeah, like, it does feel like Dynasty Warriors in the sense that there are a million dudes and you have these, like, one-time abilities to kill a lot of them at once. But it isn't like Dynasty Warriors because the enemies actually block your attacks. Yeah. No disrespect to newer (laughs) Dynasty Warriors games that are actually, that have more nuanced combat, but yeah. Yeah, I felt like 50% of the time I'd get one of those, though, there'd be no one left to kill with it. Yep, yeah, that sounds Which is right. a pretty big flaw with those. Um, but anyway, uh, so you've mentioned it a couple of times, and I never really responded to it, but this game reviewed really well when it came out, mm-hmm. and I was just, and you also mentioned that, like, a, a lot of elements of the game feel like they're trying to be, or supposed to be satirical, mm-hmm. and part of me wonders how much that plays into like people's opinions of it because like there are a lot of just interviews with the developer talking about how like all the part-time jobs are like dumb and boring because we were talking about how we've all worked jobs that we hated and we decided if we would just put that in the game (laughs) (laughs) and it's like okay like that's interesting that there's a reason that you did that and i know about it but like don't put things in your game that's going to make it worse. You know what I'm... Like, yeah. Yeah. I, I think this is... Yeah. Okay. You're so, hitting on something that yeah. is really important. So but yeah. yeah so just to wrap up, I, was like, I think that plays into why I, I think... Because I also like looked at a bunch of reviews because I knew that this... I had heard positive stuff about this before and I wanted to like see if the Switch release had more negative reviews. It It... From what I found, if I didn't look too far, it doesn't. Yeah. Uh, but I think this is the kind of game that people talking about it are people who are into it. But yeah. So yeah, like I just, I'm I'm sus- suspicious that like the fact that there is explanations for a lot of like the weaknesses of the games is why some a lot of people tend to like forgive it. Right. Yeah, and even <laughs> I'm gonna fall right in your trap here because. The, I liked the inclusion of the part-time jobs because for the most part, they're really short, like three minutes a piece and they don't take a lot of, they, they're, they are required to do, but you only ever have to do them one time. Uh, and I kind of like the inclusion of the mundane thing as a contrast to the really over the top stuff as a, as a, as a point of contrast, like as a tonal thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I agree. Like they are, like they're very, they feel very like flash gamey. Mm-hmm. They with, feel tacked on. Yeah. Like they didn't want to spend a lot of time on them. And so they didn't. So there's just a lot of single button press, like just moving around type games. Like the most fleshed out one is the coconut one, which is not <laughs> a good the first sign. one. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. I it does it leads me to my big question that I already know the answer to, which is: Did this game need to be an open world game? Um, no. Um, so I have a lot of thoughts on the hub town. Um, 
it, it feels very obviously like influenced by like Grand Theft Auto, at least in like how it looks or um, like if you saw, watched someone play it, you would be like, what is this Grand Theft Auto <laughs> ripoff game? Um, you ride this big goofy motorcycle around, um, and there's nothing in the town. No, like the town, and like Travis's run animation is so slow, and he breathes heavy and awkwardly as he runs. And it's like it feels bad to walk around, and the game incentivizes you to just ride your motorcycle everywhere uh, because there's nothing in the town, and like so, it, it basically feels like it's just fluff. Yeah, it's just like c- scenery. But then, uh, you didn't get to the end of the game, but, like, when you go to, um, you finish the the rank two match, and then you go back, and you get your phone call and whatever, and then you come out of the motel, and someone's stealing your motorcycle, and then, so you just have to chase it on foot, and... I'm like, did, and then on the way there, like, I bought that upgrade because I just bought all the upgrades uh, that, like, alert you to secrets. Yeah. And, like, I thought something about that when I got it. I'm like, oh, I'll, like, I'll look for secrets. But then I never thought about it. Like, it never came up. I forgot that I had it. Right. And so I'm chasing the motorcycle, and I'm on the way there, and I notice, like, the controller vibrates when I, like, run past some grass. So I'm like, okay, I'll go over to it, and you, like, you stick the sword in the ground, and, like, coins fly out. And I'm right. like... Did they put this part in here? Because you just you you get to the spot and the motorcycle is just there and you get on it and it starts like a motorcycle chase. Okay, so it's completely pointless. <laughs> I'm like, did they put this in here to like show players that like there's stuff? Like, are they trying to now incentivize you to explore after the entire design of the game? has incentivized you not to do that. Right. And they realized it, so they stuck this right in here at the end <laughs> to make you be like, oh, there's stuff to find in the town. I was like, my brain, like, exploded. Right. I have... <laughs> I have a couple of thoughts on that. The biggest thing that I should just say right now is that it does mark those points on your map. Where sure, you can but dig the map up. sucks, too. The map sucks real bad, uh, which is not news uh but the, it doesn't mark those points on the map and they do it is i i do not understand any of this the the fact that they even if they did do that to like point you in the direction of it they should have done the opposite and pointed you away from it because it is a tedious Boring oh yeah, that's task. what that's what the whole game does. Yeah, and then they just shoehorn that in at the end, like, oh yeah, if you're into that, you yeah. can also run around and get and coins stab out the of the ground. Yeah, but you only ever get a thousand per spot. Yeah, and like a traditional reward for completing a mission <laughs> is anywhere between thirty thousand and like a hundred and fifty thousand. Yeah, so it's it's so pointless and unnecessary. The only thing worth collecting in the game. Or the balls? Yeah, and I got, like, a grand total of two of them. Oh. Because they were, like, around the stadium, which you have to go to a million times. I collected all of them, I think, (laughs) because I was really bored of playing the rest of the game and wanted to just listen to a podcast for a while. That is so you. (laughs) Yeah. To just not at all play the game like the way it wants to be played and to be like, I'll just do this one extra thing and I'll complete it. Right. (laughs) 
<laughs> to be fair to me, completing it took about 20 minutes. Sure. Like it was because everything's just marked on the map and it's not, they're not secret. They're just sitting on the ground. Right. Like that was one of those things where like it, it introduced that to me and I'm like, fuck you game. <laughs> like <laughs> you'd have to pay me money to just explore this town. There's nothing going for it. Yeah. Well, there's no exploration. It was just point A to point B travel. Sure. The important thing, the reason I collected them was because I happened to have found, what it was was I found six of them and then I found, and then it unlocked the ability to get the to talk to the guy mm. and he wanted you to bring bring him seven because they're dragon balls first of all and i realize that this reflects poorly on me because i have a lot i make a lot of references uh-huh. uh because that's just how i fucking do i'm sorry uh-huh. but references are not satire references are not jokes even really jokes and this game is full of references that i don't consider satire mm-hmm. the having a screen come up that that looks like space and has yellow text and plays basically a barely co- uncopyright lawsuitable version of the Star Wars soundtrack does not constitute satire. Uh, that is a reference. Anyway, if you bring him seven Dragon Balls, he gives you a, an ability, like an actual upgrade. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, this will probably make the rest of the game easier and then i will finish it faster uh-huh and so i just went around because they're all marked on your map i just went to the place picked up the ball did that there are 49 of them i got all stupid 49 of them and then i got all the upgrades and most of the i didn't a lot of them they don't tell you what they do there's one that says you get a bonus based on your rank I don't know what bonus. <laughs> I, I didn't notice anything. There's one important upgrade, and it's the dash upgrade, mm. which you can hold the B button when not in combat, and you just sprint at basically the okay. driving speed of your bike. I'm glad that that was an upgrade, because I saw you do it, and I'm like, there's Did no way. Know? There's no way, because I tested many times. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's one of that's that's a ball upgrade. Okay, um, that's yeah, how bad the town that, sucks. That's though. how bad the map is that I didn't even realize that stuff was marked on your map. <laughs> well, they're just into. Okay, all right. Is it doesn't need to be an open world game? No. Why? We'll get back to it. The map it's is so bad. It's be- <laughs> because they didn't put anything in it. Yeah. Yeah. There's no need for it, and also the. Yeah, no, let's just get out of the way. The the shit that's between missions sucks and is bad and is pointless and there's like and is just wasteful. It has my time was wasted. <laughs> there's this like there's a whole subcategory of like side missions where you just can't be hit. Right. And it's so hard. It's unreasonably hard to do that. And I just didn't. I, I and it didn't hinder me in any way. <laughs> I stubbornly like knuckled down and got good at doing those. I did like two because like the the first one was so hard to me that I'm like I gotta like get good. So like <laughs> I I I did all of those. Ooh. Uh, but then like there would be a time where like I'm like oh I'm like a little bit money short on like the next uh entry fee and like I'd find like a free roam mission. And then I would get, and they were always that, yeah. like the don't get hit. 
and then I'll be like, oh, I'll drive over there and I'll do it. And then I'll try it once. And then I'll, and then I'll get hit once by a dude. And I'll be like, fuck. And then I'll just leave and like never come back. So they are frustrating. But when they were like new missions, I would, I would always complete them. I just ignored them after the second one. Like after two, I was like, they're all just going to be this. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't going to. You're gonna, not wrong. Yeah, I wasn't going to retry them ever. So I just decided not to. I did. I finished two. And then after that, I was like, I'm never doing this again. And I felt like I didn't need to because I didn't spend money on anything else. I spent money on weapon upgrade, mm-hmm. the gym. And that was right. it. And oh, I bought some videos, but I didn't know how to do the wrestling moves that I was supposedly learning. So I just didn't ever go back after that um yeah okay the map is bad right the map is so bad yeah the okay so it's like it's represented in like a pixel style which doesn't sound like it would be that bad because maps are often broken up by grids anyway but like the the each individual square is so small that it's like it makes it hard to like get any information at a glance yeah and when it rotates the because it's in pixel style but there are curves in the road the curves have to shift really dramatically in order for it to still read as a curve when you are in pixels cuz it's all squares i don't know how geometry works don't fuck with me and uh <laughs> so you would go and you'd run and you make a turn and it would look like there was a turn coming up on your right and then you would drive a little bit toward it and the map's all shifty and shit and you just like blow by it because it's like the roads are green the grass areas that surround the roads are a darker green yeah i never tried to navigate with the mini map <laughs> how did you get it like, anywhere i i would look at the little blinky like the the icon i wanted to and i would mm-hmm. just head like in the, i used to like a compass basically right, like right. i just went in its direction and i made my own turns when i saw them yeah i mean that's fair i did grow up on grand theft auto so i am very like accustomed to following roads on a map mm-hmm. uh this game is bad and therefore whenever you try and do that it like it doesn't really punish you for it because there's nothing as we said there's nothing in the open world it's just mm-hmm. a big empty city but there are these like cars that sometimes when you run into them you'll fall off your bike you have to hit them like dead on. And like if you yeah. if you're like kind of to the side, it'll like swerve you to the side of it. Yeah, but it is. It's just kind of frustrating and stupid. Yeah, see, the cars didn't bide, bother me. I felt like it was my own fault if I hit a car. But like there are just random like objects <laughs> like on the side of the down. road that you just because like, most things you can just hit trees and they just fly out of the way. Like you just run through most things. Yeah, but then like there will be like one or two things around that you can't so you'll just slam right into it like that pissed me off every time it happened i feel like this is such a 2007 thing and is not really a fair criticism but it's been a really long time since i've been able to say like the collision in this game was it's, bad. it's not that the collision itself is bad it's just that like why are like all trees and like telephone poles and things able to drive through but this one street lamp on this one street corner isn't yeah and like tables yeah. like the like, di- like tables that are made of plastic and sit on the side of the road 
you can't drive over them. You mm-hmm. will fall off your bike if you hit them. But yeah, fucking palm tree, take it down. Yep. Just run it right over. You can be going zero, and a palm tree will oh, politely God. get up and move out of your yeah. way. <laughs> like, it's so, it, it is inconsistent. And I agree with that completely. The, the car thing is just like, it's frustrating because the cars have really wide, like, collision boxes. Mm-hmm. And, like we said, don't really knock you over. They just stop you or slow you down or prevent you from turning, mm-hmm. which is the worst. And so you end up, like, in this deadlock where you'll be, like, driving and then just soundlessly, quietly, you just, get you just stop moving. as you and a car staring each other down. I don't know if one ever stopped me. That happened to me all the time. Mm-hmm. But I also ran into a lot more cars, probably, because I wasn't looking at the road. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so do you have any other immediate thoughts, like, eating at you? Oh, shout-outs. One good thing about the open world. Uh, there is a ramp. Like a ramp with arrows on it. Mm-hmm. There's a mission involving it later. Damn it. Okay, I take it back. It's not good anymore. I thought that its entire purpose, there's like, because there's this ambient, like, rock music that plays when you're on your bike at all times. Uh-huh. And when you go off the ramp, not in that mission, which they should just unload it. <laughs> if it's for a mission later and put it in when it's time for the mission. <laughs> But whatever. If you drive off the ramp when not in a mission, all sound just cuts off and Travis goes, Ugh. <laughs> and then you just respawn at the hotel. I mean, that doesn't happen in the mission, so. Yeah. It's so fucking funny. I like, I almost just died when I did that. Like, I was like, this is so goddamn fun. This is the best joke in the whole game that there's this obvious run up to this big <laughs> ramp with arrows on it and it doesn't just kills you <laughs> like that would be so good but if it has a purpose mm-hmm. that makes it so much worse <laughs> i know it's cool that they actually just left it in like yeah you know so that you can just fuck around with it if you want yeah i did get to have that experience yeah so but anyway, do you want to, uh, now that we have all that bitching out of our system, uh, we can maybe try and get back to talking more constructively about the game. Yeah. After, after the, the break. break. <laughs> oh, boy. I did say I wanted to be constructive, and then I just... Oh, yeah. No, it was, wasn't. It was always going to happen. Welcome back. What do you want to talk about? Uh, so what's up with Travis's apartment? It's like, it's a motel, but it's an apartment inside. Mm-hmm. What's up with that? Um, I don't know. I'm assuming that the implication is that he got the hotel as a temporary stay situation. Mm-hmm. And just never, never left. Yeah. <laughs> but like, there's so much shit in there. That's true, yeah. But it's just like, is an apartment, though. It's like got all his own furniture and stuff. I mean, well, yeah, kind of. 
Got like, a recliner and like the shelves full of action figures and stuff. Right, yeah. He definitely brought his own shelves. But like I could see the wardrobe, the bed, the sofa being a thing that a hotel would have. I don't know if hotels allow cats. Uh probably not. It seems unlikely. Yeah. I do have to ask, uh, does the cat do anything? Yeah, so, it, I mean, it's, it, don't, don't get your hopes up. I, I'm not. Uh, I, what I'm hoping so, for is an explanation as to why there is a cat icon so, on the HUD. So, I noticed, uh, I don't have an explanation for that. Shit. But, <laughs> I noticed that every time you would leave to go on another, uh, ranked mat battle um the cat would move like closer to the door in the background okay which does actually lead up to the cat leaving the apartment when you do and like getting on like a bus or something and ending up at like the like the scene of one of the ranked battles but then nothing happens with it oh okay it's like it's there and like travis sees it there and it's like oh no but then other he just other shit happens like uh and then nothing the cat never comes back up and then whenever you go back after you've beaten the the match the cat's just back wow yeah i like everything up until that point mm-hmm. i like if the cat becomes an element of the plot and it shows up and maybe the cat's like in danger like I would like some yeah. actual tension. That happened, in a while. but then it was just fine. Yeah, and it's never like a scene where he like picks the cat back up and takes it home. Right, which seems like it. What's that word? Uh, should be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's no explanation for why there's a cat icon in the top right of the HUD for the whole game. No, I mean you mean the tiger. Yeah, but it's a cat, and you have a cat. I assumed True, that yeah. they were related. I think um, Travis's name in Japanese means tiger <laughs> or something. This is why he has the tiger pattern on his jacket. But you can't just leave the cat icon in if it doesn't make any sense anymore. I mean, it's not like in another game, literally any other game, you just have, it doesn't, you don't, there's not a picture of a fucking snake in the top right corner of every Metal Gear Solid game. It doesn't make any sense. Sure. I know in the sequel, he can turn into a tiger as one of the power-ups. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, so the sequel is actually, uh, I think, an interesting avenue of discussion here. Um, so I was looking into it. I haven't played it, and I know you haven't. And uh, it seems like it basically fixes all the problems, at least all of the glaring ones that we've mentioned. Um, it cuts out the hub world, like, running around, driving places, parts in between the fights, and replaces them with, like, these 8-bit, style mini games um which gives context to why travis strikes back exists right okay um apparently the team enjoys making like simplified arcadey games uh so they put those in there and in their place and they uh, and they just simplify the town into just the map where you just select the places to go to they're just shops like there's like a stylized menu yeah uh, and it's mostly just the combat like the boss fights it, it's 
mainly just like a boss rush with extra like story and mini games in between. That they basically tries. cut out all the filler. <laughs> all killer, no yeah. filler. So I just thought that was interesting yeah. to like read about. I mean, it sounds like our criticism is not news. Is no. what I'm getting. Like yeah. I imagine, which is the third time I've said that this episode, so I'm gonna need <laughs> to take a break on that phrase for a while. Uh, it sounds like they received feedback and actually took it, which is heartening. Yeah, like I'm I'm glad that that's the case because really, a huge chunk of why this game is as bad as I think it is is the fact that in between the missions where interesting stuff happens, there's a lot of very uninteresting stuff that you have to do. Mm-hmm. So, and like the big thing for me, like the is the it it's tedious. Mm-hmm. Like, because I'm somebody. Um, we just talked on the last episode about like on um, Heaven's Vault has the part where you sail around on yeah. the ship, um, and I came down on the side of like I actually liked it even if it was clunky because I felt like it added to like the feel of the game world, like traveling through space. So I'm usually pretty lenient on these kind of details that make a game feel like a world and less like levels, but like. It's just, it's so poorly implemented in this game. Like, it's so tedious to have to drive everywhere. And, like, there's, as we said, it's just an empty town with nothing to do in it. So it's like you you go to the assassin guild job <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. site with the skull. You get a job, <laughs> you go do it, you drive back, you get it again probably the same one you're probably just farming the same one after a certain point because it gives you the most money and then you drive back to it and you do it again and like you just you know if you especially if you buy stuff right. you have to like farm out money and it's just like you yep. know like it's just there's nothing to it yeah yeah i said at the beginning of this that i wanted to try and be constructive yeah i didn't want to just yell into the void yeah researching the sequel made it a lot harder for me to do that because they fixed most of the things that i didn't like it seems yeah and and i mean there's a lot to be said about the fact that they made this an open world game i said off cast uh while we were playing that i felt like a lot of the things in this game feel like they were choices like they were decisions that were made in order to make the game different from other games that were out. Like, I think that's the core design philosophy is that no more heroes is not like other games. And I get behind that. Like, I understand the desire to make a game that is just different in as many ways as possible. The open world doesn't feel like that. The open world feels like it's a thing that was included because a lot of games did it. Yep. And it doesn't gain a whole lot from having it. Yeah. It, it, (laughs) It feels like I already made the comparison to Grand Theft Auto, um, but it feels like he saw Grand Theft Auto and he's like, I want that in my game. <laughs> Meanwhile, like, uh, Grand, like traditionally, Grand Theft Auto games have taken a very, very long time to develop mm-hmm. because they do a ton of research and spend a lot of time putting interesting things into their, their overworlds. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this game was not i i feel like it it really made both halves of the game suffer a lot like because like the last mission that i did because they spent so much time building out this overworld that means nothing i played a mission where you run down a hallway fight six dudes and then there's a boss that doesn't exist like 
it's just purely filler content. It 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 has a cutscene that vaguely moves the story forward, but otherwise it was nothing. And a lot of the the missions are like this. Like it feels like you load into an area and they put enemies in an area that is otherwise like blank or has very little going on. Uh like the first couple of missions. The first one takes place in that mansion. And it feels like it's this developed area. Mm-hmm. It's not exciting, but it is like a thing. It has rooms and doors. I didn't know how excited I would be for rooms and doors <laughs> later in the game. Uh, and then the second mission's like in a big stadium, like a cool set piece boss. And then it just slowly degrades more and more as it goes on, mm-hmm. where you're just fighting people essentially in roped off areas of the un- of the overworld. Yeah, it feels like it's got that low budget game syndrome going on, where you're you're absolutely right. Like it opens pretty strong. Like the mansion is one of the more complex areas, and they just they get less and less as it goes. Um, like one like the the rank two boss takes place at the stadium again. It's a different part of it, but it's just in the same location because right. you know they couldn't develop more things. You yeah. know, like and <laughs> like in not just there's the one boss that you mentioned where you just chase the mysterious man through the hallway and then he just kills the boss for you. Right. Um. That sort of thing. I feel like could have been interesting if the game were maybe a little bit longer or if like the story was actually given more weight. But um, the story is another thing where it feels like I was just talking about with the cat scene, like they had ideas for stuff they wanted to do, but then just didn't have the budget to like animate the cut scenes. Yeah. There's like, cause it's so sparse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There are not many cut scenes and the ones that are there focus on, Nothing like there's a lot of there There doesn't appear to really be any character development going on. No, it is predominant. Like Travis there's... wants to have sex with Sylvia is like the story. Yeah, that's the plot. <laughs> like that's like the thing that is the instigating factor of the game. Yeah, that's and, his like, motivation. Yeah. And I'm not going to come in here and be like, oh, I'm too highbrow. I can't appreciate a guy with a dick laser. Like, I appreciate a dick laser when I think it's it's earned and appropriate. But, like, a lot of this game is just, is dick laser level waffling. Like, they just kind of do shit. Mm-hmm. There's, like, a whole sequence on a beach where the boss, he's like, oh, okay. I think the point is that Travis won't kill women is part of his character, uh-huh. which I put in quotes. Oh, he proceeds to kill three women after that. Right. Without so, hesitation. Well, yeah, oh, yeah, yes. <laughs> the, the rank three boss is like this old fat lady. Uh-huh. Uh, and he kills her without even one thought of because course. she's old and fat. Right. I'm assuming. But then the second two, the rank two is also a woman, but she's like a like a psychopath, like baseball something. Like she's in like a like a like a pink dress. Like I don't really get what they're going. Oh, for like with in her. baseball. Yeah, like in baseball. But like, <laughs> she seems like I, I guess he's okay with killing her because she's crazy. I don't yeah. know. And then the final boss is also a woman. So like the top three are all women. He kills them all. Wow. The top three in the Assassin's Guild, which is not a real organization. It's made up. Yeah. In, in the story, Sylvia apparently is a special kind of psychopath who tricks 
people into assassinating other people by promising to have sex with them for and also to Which make seems lots so specific of money. yeah it does <laughs> it sure does but yeah like it's like clearly it's just like a whatever let's have cool boss fights with like theatrical anime bad guy villains right which is fine if you want to do that but then it's like it feels like it's like brushing elbows with actually trying to do something with the story but like it never really does mm-hmm. the, the one i brought up is this whole sequence where i feel like they wrote this dramatic scene and then did nothing around it so it makes no sense in context and comes off so much worse than it would have in even in a vacuum mm-hmm. where it still would have come off bad where the boss who is just a bikini wearing oh yeah lady with a robot leg who i'm assuming is just like a it, just a direct stand in for the boss from uh metal gear solid 3 or some other metal gear related thing because uh-huh. she attacks you by using traps and grenades and stuff uh and he's like she kills herself because assassins have to die, which is a weird, if this is a really a made up organization, why does she hold this ideal? Like maybe she just personally does. How yeah. did they get roped into it in the first place? It, it almost felt kind of Scott Pilgrim to me. Oh, it felt very like, Scott like, Pilgrim. like Sylvia went around and recruited all these people and like, you're in the assassins guild. And right. They were just into it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're like, okay. Uh, so she kills herself. And then Travis walks around with a headless corpse. And you bury her. Yeah, maybe this is supposed to be the joke, is that he's being very solemn about this corpse that literally is missing, like, the entire top part of their torso. Mm -hmm. And that's, like, that's supposed to be funny just in and of itself. (laughs) Which, like, once again, in a vacuum, is kind of funny. I almost kind of thought that they were, like, trying to be subversive. Like, where they, like, have Travis not kill women so you'll be like oh he has like a code or he has like some kind of honor or right. something like giving some <laughs> kind of quality that people could relate to or something or respect but then they get to the 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 rank three old fat lady and he just kills her and you're like oh he only is like respectful of women that he's attracted to yes yeah, but then it's, it's even rank, worse. rank two and three are both like it's attractive women right. and he kills them so mm-hmm. well one of them is his sister so right but yeah the rank two girl seems like somebody that travis would have made a, a sexual advance on and he doesn't right so i don't know what they're i don't know <laughs> it just doesn't come up with her <laughs> yeah it's just super weird it makes the rank six boss make that much less sense because it is this isolated incident and then yeah, like, you go on all of these things. It feels like, yeah, it feels like Scott Pilgrim, a little bit of Scott Pilgrim, a little bit of Dang and Ranpa, where everybody gives this, like, speech about who they are and why they are. Yeah, they're it's very anime. Yeah. Or manga. Whatever, yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm not going to be like, whatever, same thing. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, but they do... Like this whole whole the whole song and dance, mm-hmm. and then you just kill them, and then they're never mentioned again. Like there's no yeah, there's video game bosses. Yeah, but they're video game bosses that the the seven deadly X's crossed the uh, robot masters from Mega Man. You know, <laughs> yeah, Wait. organization thirteen sprinkled in there. And I will give them credit. 
they do have more character than the robot masters. Yeah. Uh, they had i like their introduction screens where like you show up to the point and then like the text comes across the sidewalk and then Mm -hmm. like a creepy voice says the name i have a question for you uh this game to me felt very inconsistent aesthetically i felt like they tried to do a bunch of different stuff and i liked that i liked the name scrolling i Mm -hmm. liked the fact that it was like it felt like it I mean it feels like modern video editing where they'll put text on mm-hmm. a thing that relates to it uh but a, it doesn't match really with how they present anything else in the game so I, I do like it did you did you think that this game looked good not really um I don't think it looks terrible like I feel like I look at it and like I see what they're going for, but I don't think it's quite there. Like, um, whenever we're done with this, look up at the trailer or like the reveal for no more heroes three. And like, you'll see what Travis looks like now, like modeled and rendered and like modern, uh, and a modern engine. You're like, Oh, that's what it was always supposed to look like. (laughs) You know, it's like, I felt the same similarly about dragon age. Um, like I feel like the original Dragon Age was made at a time where like the technology isn't quite there for the look they wanted, and then you play Inquisition, you're like, oh, that's what they always want. That's what they wanted the first game to look like, and it just wasn't quite there. I'm so, still waiting for the Mega Man game where he looks like that, like <laughs> oh, the guy on the box art. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, it's just it feels like old, like old. Like, this kind of era of, like, where they wanted it to look nice and smooth and more realistic, but it's just chunky mm-hmm. because, you know, that's just the best they could do. Like, you know, the the people modeling did what they could with it, but they, they didn't want it to look quite like that. Yeah. And, like, I usually think, like, I like cell shading, and I think games from this era that use it tend to, like, hold up better visually, but, like, it just doesn't quite tie the knot here yeah you know like i think like a lot of things in this game it's like a broken record but like i think there's a lot of good ideas and things in here but they just don't line up yeah Yeah. like it's it's like they they have all the it's like a puzzle right and like you've been doing it for a while and you've got a lot of things put together (laughs) but you still have a bunch of the pieces not connected spread around that's that's what this is yeah it's it's the puzzle that's got some chunks that are complete and you can kind of see what it is but a lot of it is still like in disparate pieces spread around i like this metaphor because in my mind what it is is you are doing the puzzle you representing the bulk of the development team and you've got an idea for what the game you've got your design documents you understand which is the box the puzzle box yeah you let's picture on the box <laughs> yeah we're continuing this metaphor and you're like okay so we want like an action hack slash game with an open world and you start putting the pieces together okay, here are all the cloud pieces uh-huh. here are all the grass pieces <laughs> <laughs> and then occasionally a guy in this in the metaphor this suit of 51 shows up to the puzzle and looks at it for a while and he's like hmm I have this puzzle piece from a different puzzle, and I think if we hammer it in <laughs> and just really 
smash down the corners. This will fit here. Anyway, see you later. Good luck with the rest of it. And now you have this like malformed, fucked up puzzle piece just jammed in the middle of your otherwise working puzzle. This section over here, I think it would be better if we just didn't fill in this section right here. <laughs> just leave that part blank. I think it would look better like that. That's the window to the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's this is a Lion King puzzle, and it, this this piece right here has Zazu in it, and I don't like him. So let's not put, <laughs> let's not fill in the Zazu pieces. Oh, but why not? Say, you know what you did. <laughs> uh, no, I agree with all of that. Though. Like all of your aesthetic uh, c- concerns, I think. I don't have any complaints about the graphics. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not something I, compl- I I am even capable of complaining about most of the time. But I think that it looks about as good as I could expect from this era. And I agree, the associating actually means that it holds up better than you would think. Mm-hmm. Um, I Yeah, like, some of the animation is a little janky, but they were working with a lot of shit in of uh, an old time on not that huge of a budget, from my understanding. So... It's all understandable, and so I don't. I don't have complaints about that. It just feels like they tried to do so many things, like, and I get the like. The point of Travis Touchdown, from my understanding, is that he's essentially he is the guy who, while you were out partying, he studied the blade. But like, <laughs> really, he is that guy. Like, yeah, and and he did in fact study the blade, and uh, so now he's come for revenge. And, and, like, it's not horribly executed, mm-hmm. but there are, all, there are all of these, like, throwaway jokes about him fucking a body pillow, and he's got all the anime God, sculptures. The, 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 rent, the video rental joke. Yeah, the, repe- the it repeating. Wasn't, it wasn't funny the first time. <clears throat> How is it on Ger- the tenth time? German jugs or whatever. Uh-huh. Uh, please return it. It's two weeks late or whatever. Ha ha. Uh, <laughs> like, yep. Sure, you don't want to do a second draft of that joke. Mm-mm. No, no, because it has to fit in with the fact that there's just like a pile of wadded up tissues next yeah. to the recliner and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm, he collects weird. Re- is is luchador wrestling a thing that? otaku kids are into i I feel like it isn't i feel like it was just like an of the times thing like i or maybe not i'm thinking more like the (laughs) night the 90s was when wrestling was really popular like i just think it's like a a thing that he's just into like nerds have hobbies where they display like the masks on the he would display the masks on the wall and all of his action figures on shelves no nobody does that Uh, it, it was a hobby that could relate to the combat. That it just kind of ties in. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> you big nerd. <laughs> All I'm saying is that I feel like that is the Travis character. Mm-hmm. But then the joke doesn't go anywhere. No. Nope. And it doesn't really do anything. And it clashes aesthetically. I think with the way that the game is presented and not with the combat. Once again, you strip out a lot of the middle stuff. And if you have the American guy who's real into Japanese culture and also like old Kung Fu movies and shit, 
and then just make him an assassin and have him do... I feel like I gotta play fucking Travis Strikes Back. Oh. It sounds like the good version of this game. Well, uh, I, I'm glad that you mentioned that, because I almost forgot to bring this up. Um, apparently, Suda51 really likes Hotline Miami. <laughs> Me too. Uh, he, and he that was part of the inspiration for Travis Strikes Again, is they wanted to make like a more top-down thing. And apparently it, like, references uh, Hotline Miami in it. Like, it has, like, a portrait of Travis come up that's drawn, like, the Hotline Miami talking heads in the cutscenes. So apparently he took a lot of inspiration from that, which makes a lot of sense. And, um, yeah, and, like, that combined with the knowledge of, like, they they did a lot of top-down arcade minigames in the second one, like... Travis Strikes Again makes a whole lot more sense to me. Like why? Because like when it came out, I'm like, ah, oh, it's weird that they did a, like a spinoff game. Like what? Like ten years? Yeah, after like the... the second one. Yeah. yeah, like that's weird. But now it makes a whole lot of sense. So I have to imagine No More Heroes three, if I had to guess, would be a lot like how the second one is structured. But instead of like the eight bit mini games, it's like the ones from Travis Strikes Again, where they're like three D rendered and stuff. Travis Strikes Again is like the Super Mario Galaxy 2 of uh, <laughs> the No More Heroes universe. Sure. That's a difficult <laughs> analogy to unpack. Um, got it. Okay. So I want to talk about the bosses. Kind of like the only thing I have left, except yeah. I want to slide slide in here and just talk about the fact that the audio design sucks so bad and it hurts me. Um subjectively the music i think sucks like i don't like any of it uh it gets very repetitive it's like weirdly low-key it all sounds like stuff that you would hear playing like like piped in at a video store yeah and it's i don't know i just didn't jive with it i thought it was fine um you know i actually think that's kind of spot on it kind of reminds me of like music you hear playing from an arcade cabinet that's like across the room (laughs) Which seems weirdly appropriate. It's, yeah, for this game, yeah. Mm-hmm. You're not wrong about that, but I feel like I would rather have music that was any good. Sure. Uh, I thought it was fine. Yeah, and, and honestly, that's like one of the things people praise. They're like, oh, the music was catchy. I was like, I don't think so. But that, like I said, that's subjective. The sound, though, is not. I And I want to blame the Switch port for part of this. I think that the Switch version of the game is mixed badly. The The sound effects are really loud. And all of the dialogue is There like are way sound options in the menu. To turn that stuff up. But like by default, it is mixed very strangely in mm-hmm. a way that I am surprised. Yeah, that sound effect of the henchman dying is the most grating thing ever. It's the same one. Ah! <laughs> it's something to that effect. I hope that wasn't too loud. No, it'll be fine. Uh, the way, okay, I turned away an appropriate amount. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's just the same every time. <laughs> but like, like, it, uh... I, I, it was really bad early on, but like I just like ended up getting used to it, and it like didn't bother me once I was like halfway through. I never really did, but I get really bugged by that shit when I'm... I played a lot, in effectively, for most people, the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. Uh, like So when I'm playing this game at four in the morning, what I was doing is when I would get to a cutscene, 
I turned the volume up to nine on the TV. And then when it was over, I would turn the volume back down to five because I could not. And that's not out of 10, by the way. That's out of 100. I was playing pretty quiet. Mm -hmm. But I needed to hear the dialogue, which isn't, side note, also not that good. Writing isn't great. I don't know why people praise the writing either. I'm. This is a 2007 thing. That's where I'm just going to leave it. Uh-huh. Uh, but I needed to hear the dialogue. And then as soon as I would start fighting again, I'd be like, oh, right. I have to turn it back down because otherwise it's just ah! all the fucking time. And, it, and I don't know. Like the sound effects are just, they're really loud and grating and... The the beam katana is just just sounds like a lightsaber. It just is that sound like it's not changed at mm-hmm. all. Yeah, I actually kind of found that satisfying just because it's a lightsaber sound effect. Sure, but they're just cribbing <laughs> yeah. a good sound effect. Sure, uh, and just sidebar on the beam katana because we haven't talked about it at all. Mm-hmm. I like that it looks like a fluorescent bulb. Yeah. Like, I don't know, like, there's just something about that, like, the little thing comes up, and then, like, the light beam comes out, and it just, it looks like it's in a, like, a casing for a fluorescent bulb, and mm-hmm. I just think that's a cool design. I agree, actually. The, the, the beam katana is, like, maybe my favorite design in the whole game, as far as, like, yeah. thing it's like in it. We t- I mentioned this on the Halo episode, like, it's cool like with the energy sword from that like it's cool to see a like laser sword design that's so different from the lightsaber and while this is much more similar like it still feels like a distinct thing Mm -hmm. and i think that's impressive that you can make something that close to it and still make it feel distinct i also like the this is another like a little bit column a a little bit column b Uh i like the design or the animation on it both in attack animations, and I like the fact that when you move with it, it leaves like an after trail behind it. Mm-hmm. The bad part is if you're standing still, the after trail like sprites still pop in, mm. so you get this weird effect where it looks like they're just eight swords. I bet that looked better on a CRT television. Oh, almost for sure. Yeah, yep. <laughs> lower refresh rates and shit. Yeah. No, and oh, I had something else to say about it. Oh, I even actually like that you have to recharge it, too. Yeah. I I mean, like, the he's jerking it off. It's actually, like, kind of funny. Like, I'll, I'll actually give that to the game. Like, it's it's crass and dumb in a lot of the ways that other things in the game are. But, like, for some reason it works, I think. Yeah, I think it is. It's exactly the correct way to do this. Because, one, it's funny the first time you see it because it is a bit... Be- Especially when it gets introduced, it's so early. Mm-hmm. You do not know exactly what to expect. So when you see it, it's funny because it's really unexpected and not the thing that uh, that a game would normally ask you to do. Mm-hmm. And then it is funny again later because you get so used to doing it, you stop thinking about it. And then somebody walks in while you're playing the game and goes like, huh. <laughs> it's, it's funny. Because, like, it cuts to that same perspective each time you do it. And it's, like, he's just, like, doing it, like, real frantically. Like, he's just, like, <laughs> <laughs> like And, like, it doesn't read as sexual, really, at all, um, other than, like, the bass, like, motion that he's performing. But, like, it's, like, he's, like, frantically, like, he's trying to do this real fast because he needs to, like, continue fighting. And it's just, like, that... I don't know. It's just funny. No, yeah. It, it works. Is, it's, it's funny. It's a good joke. And we didn't mention it during the combat part. 
I think it's a good mechanic. Yeah. I think having to recharge your weapon in the middle of a fight is great because it it adds tension. It makes things more frantic. It makes you like have to manage another meter, mm-hmm. uh, which, while it doesn't sound exciting, does make the fights more tense uh, and gives like actual cost to using moves uh, and missing. The game's combat, once again, doesn't quite live up to the potential, but... I think it's a great mechanic. I think it is funny. Jerking off the sword, weirdly excellent choice. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Love it. It actually, I think, lands as intended, mm-hmm. unlike a lot of other things. Uh, anyway, yeah, and, that's, and that sound design <laughs> is good, yeah. because that breathing is really funny. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't want to get, I don't want to fucking go off on another tangent, but mm-hmm. yeah. But to go off on another tangent, you want to talk about the bosses? <laughs> yeah, let's let's talk about the bosses. Uh, so I actually enjoyed them for the most part. Um, they're a mixed bag, and much like the levels, as we talked about, as they go on, they get kind of like gimmicky and you know, like not as polished mm. in the middle. Like the last two uh, are actually, I think, pretty good. But um. Yeah, like, there's the one that you already brought up where you just chase the guy through a hallway, and then uh, he kills the actual boss in a cutscene. And then there's the one I mentioned with the cat shows up at the rank three fight is just she's standing at the end of a really long, like, it's like an abandoned town or something. It's all these houses. It's like a classic corridor thing. It's shooting a laser up it. She's at the end of it, shooting a laser, and you have to run between cover to get close to her. It's like a classic video game thing. Right, yeah. And then once you get to her, you just kill her because um, she's old and fat. Oh, like it's just like a one hit. You yeah, you just do... you just kill her. All right. Um, I think it's just in a cut scene. Like he just cuts her head off. Um, the actual boss is just getting to her. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then there's one with a magician that's an actual boss fight, but I, I, maybe I got lucky or maybe it was just really easy, but I beat it like really fast and it was weird. And he was like rank four or something. Yeah. I think that's the next one. Yeah. That I like, had. And then, yeah, then you had the baseball chick and then the final boss. Right. Which I assume the final boss is an actual boss fight. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you fight your, uh, your sister mm-hmm. who Jean? killed your parents yeah yeah but uh, yeah so like there's a there's some weird ones it's like a mixed bag but overall like i feel like it's like on paper it's kind of like when we talked about xeno clash how like the three person brawls like on paper were like what the game was like designed around like its first incarnation as an idea was as that right with this game it feels like what it wanted to be was a boss rush and the bosses are like kind of what it's all about and as a result like they ended up being like the most fun part of it to me right so the all of the bosses you just described and i was assuming that you were describing them for this reason yeah are the ones you didn't do exactly so to go through the ones that i did play you have the first boss, which is like a tutorial boss, mm-hmm. Death Metal. Uh, and he's fine. He's a tutorial boss. He doesn't do anything that the that normal enemies don't do for the most part. He makes clones of himself at one point. Yeah. Uh, and that was normal. And from, go- from that fight, I was like, that took a long time, but maybe it's me. Like, maybe I didn't like, I wasn't optimizing or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but promising. Like, I enjoyed that well enough. I thought it was fine. The second boss... 
starts, in my opinion, the decline here, because the second boss is this boss where it's a gun. It's he's like a gunslinger. That's his thing. Mm-hmm. So in this sword combat game, they put their ranged only boss as boss number two. Uh, yeah, get it out of the way. <laughs> teach you how to dodge and stuff. Right. But it doesn't. Te- well, I guess it does teach you how to dodge because all you have to do to dodge in this game is just strafe, move a mm-hmm. little bit, uh, because he functionally cannot hit you if you are walking in a direction um, until you are close to him, at which point you just block and you block all shots with no problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, do- it does introduce unblockable attacks where he flashes. And Red, he, yeah. Yeah. And he uses quick draw attack, but he only does that. There's no second phase. And this is the big problem that I think I had with the bosses overall is that I feel like they, either do not have phases and just take a long time or they do have phases but the Mm -hmm. phases just they have to get off like a couple iterations of a super move yeah they just add like a a new attack or two right um and god like it takes it takes so long to do the second boss but he isn't hard you just hit him a bunch of times Mm -hmm. and you jump out of the way when he shoots a a bullet at you and then (laughs) The third, the when I showed you my notes, that big paragraph, uh-huh. it was the third boss. I thought the third boss was going to be more of a novelty than it ended up being. Yeah, but I really hate the third boss. Like probably it's the Shinobu. Yeah, Shinobu. I think it's it's the worst boss in the game that I played, and she's the one I died to the most. Uh, I, I died to her four times. <laughs> I think I died to her three times, and one time was horseshit, but, like, it was, I don't know. The the time, the one of the times I died, I, like, it was, I think, my second time through, and she's, like, almost dead, and I went to go get health, and I turned around, and before even she seeing her. She with a beam. Yeah, there was, like, but it was, like, three beams, oh, yeah, and it did my move. entire yeah. health bar. Yep. Yeah. Which seemed like, because I couldn't see her, and there was no sound, like, indication that there was an attack coming. Yeah. So I just didn't assume I was in danger. <laughs> but anyway, the the boss is bad for a couple of reasons that I think are problematic throughout the game. Which is, yeah. one, they don't indicate when the boss is vulnerable. Two, the boss's moves don't have good animation. Mm-hmm. And three, they can just kill you out of nowhere in, and it's really trial and error. Yeah, my biggest problem with that boss was the pillars in the room. Oh yeah, that, I, I just <laughs> tried to fight away from them. Yeah, I fully well, I mean, agree. They're all over the, <laughs> the room. Well, there's like a back area where there's a lower density. I of guess. Them. But um, yeah, I feel like the like it's kind of. I agree. The animations aren't telegraphed super well, um, on the boss's attacks. But I think it's kind of like. The way the game is, though, in terms of, like, not telegraphing when the bosses are vulnerable, like, you kind of have to figure that out for yourself, which I think was okay, uh, since it was consistent. Because, um, like, you usually have to wait for them to, like, whiff an attack and hit them. Like, that's classic video game stuff. We They have to whiff, like, a big attack, though. It, not necessarily. <sighs> I mean, okay, but jump using the third boss as the example, right? There are moves that she there's a move that she does where she yells something. Yeah. And then she does like a two hit combo. Mm-hmm. And if you dodge that attack and are right you were behind her. She is incapable of blocking from a logical perspective. Yeah. Invulnerable. 
She'd... Yeah, it's because she's still in the middle of like her. It's like it's one of her like. It's not like a, like a super move or whatever, but it's like one of her involved moves where it's like she shoots like or her sword lights up when she hits the last uh, strike or whatever you want to say. This is just, as far as I remember, was just like a jumping attack and then she lands and is invulnerable. They're oh, okay. invulnerable 100% so it's, it's one of the, the jumping ones. Yeah. Those are ones that you're like supposed to like counter or else... Yeah, like that's how you were supposed to respond to those kinds of moves. I didn't even know you could counter her. Yeah, like you, if you, I think all of the bosses had like a specific move that's like a just like a straightforward or overhead kind of strike, and if you hit it at the right time, like you'll do the clash where you spin the stick. Interesting. And like that's what you're supposed to do to those kinds of moves. Huh. But yeah, if they do ones where like the last strike lights up, you can't hit them in the middle of that until after they've done it. Uh, so there, there is like a, like an ebb and flow to it, but I agree, uh, with what you were saying. Like the telegraphs aren't super obvious. Right. And it's not even the telegraphs for the attacks, which is the, that's the problem to me. The telegraphing for the attacks is fine to overly long. Yeah. It's the indication when and when the boss. Like the signaling. Yeah. When they are vulnerable, because that's the biggest thing. Already, I think the bosses are too spongy, like, because the fights yeah. just take a long time. But I think that the biggest issue, like, the thing that ma- they could have made the health bars longer if they just removed the fact that they were invulnerable most of the fight. Yeah. Yeah. I think, and I'm not saying this is good, but I do think they're supposed to be, like, endurance tests. Okay. So, I, I think that was intentional. And I kind of gelled with it a bit. Like, I did enjoy the bosses, but, like, I, I agree, at least with Shinobu, I think, was the worst. And I don't know if it was because the game's complexity was outpacing my understanding at that point in the game by the biggest margin. But, like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't... It got better as it went. Like, I don't know if it was, like, a difficulty curve thing, like, my upgrades and my uh, working out at the gym and all that stuff, like, just made the game easier as it went, but... Yeah, to each to each their own <laughs> when it comes to difficulty curves, I guess. I mean, I don't think that I found anything in this game to be like overtly difficult. Like I expected to die in a boss at least once every time that I went in mm-hmm. just because you have to learn patterns. That's like just in that's that's the thing the video games have been doing since the dawn of time. Yes. And uh I just kind I get that. Like I understand what the, it's not like modern game design where it's like either it's easy enough that you can just beat it or there's enough of like a a game foresight understanding that you'll be able to beat something if you just do really well on it. This game just will kill you and make you play it again. Um but I don't know. It just, it, it wasn't engaging. I, my complaint about the animation, I think, drives it home, which is, like, Shinobu's big, like, monster attack her that she does regularly mm-hmm. is this, like, dramatic samurai lunge where she, like, ah! and, like, the sword flashes and then they big step forward and the, and the, the thrust. Uh-huh. And 
that move takes so long that you have no excuse to not be in a different zip code by the time that that thing goes off. Yeah. And the problem with that is that it makes the boss look like a moron. <laughs> like, this game is designed to be like a Devil May Cry style, attack a lot, look flashy kind of game. But it makes the bosses look incompetent because all of their attacks have such huge windups that when they miss them so horribly, which is the only time they're vulnerable, it like breaks the sense of like uh, over the top action that the game wants. And it really turns them into zeros and ones. Like they're just, it's just a thing you that you read. And you say, this is my signal, I do this thing, I do a flowchart, I fulfill the pattern, and as long as I'm paying attention, I'll just win. Because they. this is not a character, this is a, a, a an on-off, like a stoplight. Do, do not attack. Now attack. Wait, dodge, now attack. Like... It's, I don't know. I, I don't, I've never really loved this style of game design, even when it was just sort of like the only thing that you could do. And I feel like this game goes out of its way to build up the stuff that this design decision tears down in the worst way. Hmm. I'm say, it sounds like you're just describing old video game design <laughs> to me. I mean, I'm imagining like. Now, there, you're right. There are like, you mentioned Devil May Cry, and like, there have always been exceptional examples, but. I think there there used to be standards weren't as high across the board for games. Mm-hmm. I think uh, like when this came out and uh, in like the PS2 era and things especially. Um, so I mean I think your criticisms are totally valid. Looking at it now in 2020, at the time I don't know how much like worse it is than like everything else. Right. I mean I was I I wanted to give examples. And the ones that I was coming up with are obviously unfair. Things like, uh, I was thinking like Super Mario 64, a game that came out fucking 11 years before this, had bosses that didn't look, or they looked incompetent and were, or didn't look incompetent and didn't feel that way. Like the hands man in the pyramid. Like, like, I don't feel like that is non-threatening because I understand the patterns. Because the patterns are engaging and the actual action of doing it is engaging. Then I thought, like, we played Psychonauts and that released, like, a couple years before this game did. Mm-hmm. And Psychonauts has engaging bosses. Like, the closest, it has almost a duplicate of one of the bosses in this game in Coach Oleander versus uh, Destroy Man. <laughs> In this one, where they like loudly announce the move they're going for, and it's just a pattern thing. Mm-hmm. But actually, both of these work pretty well because they're both played up to be fucking idiots. So. <laughs> okay. I feel like the bosses in Psychonauts weren't that great. They weren't great, but they still the, felt the, better uh, than the ones in this game. The um, I think I disagree. But um, <laughs> the um, the what were they like luchadors in the Black Velvetopia that you oh, had to yeah. fight? pretty much are exactly the thing that you're describing (laughs) (laughs) that is true i do forget about the bosses in that game yeah there are a couple there are a couple of good ones but most of them are the exact thing you're describing i think i've also been naming platformers which isn't even really like that comparable i didn't play that many action games really (laughs) um 
Yeah, I I don't know. It just it, the, yeah. It, I think it's just playing it now. It stands out so much because mm-hmm. like action games have come a long way. <sighs> they used to be pretty rare. That's true. Like it, they, like they are in the version of this that we're talking about is something that is exclusive to 3D. Yeah, like, like the gaming. the platinum game style, like. 3D character action game. Right. I don't know. I'm waffling on it. I think it, it definitely is no, an I mean, age. It's, it's definitely a legit criticism. I'm just... But my argument... It's something I actually would be curious to look into, like, this game's contemporaries and, like, how much better or worse than them it is. Right. My, my like... My point of disagreement, I think, now boils down to you thought that the bosses were pretty good, and I thought yeah, the I bosses got... were zero fun like like not fun to play at all Mm. like i I, it was a lot of just sort of button mashy bullshit and but i also don't like bosses generally so that is true like that that probably plays into it a good bit i do want to say totally you cannot argue this point the decision to make destroy man's fight have a second phase that's triggered by an alarm going off and then the alarm not turning off for the rest of the fight was a bad decision. <laughs> no, I, I, I won't uh, disagree with that. Yeah, that. That was, oof, that was annoying. Uh, I don't know. That's all I got, I guess. Yeah, I guess just to talk about the ending, just to give it, you know, mm-hmm. that sense of finality. Um, so we talked, we already kind of poked fun at the story uh, and how they kind of just seemed like they gave up on it or didn't have enough money to like do it, really. <laughs> um, it does deliver one of the best jokes in the game where you confront your uh, sister or maybe she's your stepsister, whatever, that killed your parents. Um, and she's like going on her thing where she's going to give like her villain backstory and then they just fast forward through it, uh, but they still have animated all as if they're actually fast forwarding it. So like she's talking and then like Travis reacts to the things and it's like, she says like one thing and then it cuts to Travis and he's just like, <laughs> like this like really like animated, like surprised look. And it like, it, it made me laugh. Uh, and I thought it was like, yeah, like probably the best joke in the game. <laughs> um, so I thought that was funny and it was actual satire that landed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually thought that boss was uh, one of the, the the better ones. So it ended on a a pretty good note if you were into the combat. Um, but yeah, pretty standard ending. Um, and then okay, so just to bring it up, and then we can we can wrap things up here. But you beat the game, and then it takes you back to the apartment, and you're sitting on the toilet because you take a dump to save the game in this game. Um, and it's like, go back to Santa Destroy, as in, like, continue playing the game and do endgame stuff. Uh, view the ending, or view the true ending. So I'm like, oh, I gotta view the true ending. (laughs) And then the true ending ends up, like, taking you to a secret boss, which is the guy you chase through that tunnel. And he's, like, super hard difficulty spike, like, I didn't want to put forth the effort to beat him at all. So then I turned it off, and then I went to do something else, and then I came back to it. I'm like, oh, I gotta watch the regular ending now because I didn't want to do the the real ending. And then it's just like it's nothing. Mm-hmm. 
different. So like, I felt like I thought it was just going to be something different than what the real quotes ending mm-hmm. was. And then was like, felt dumb when I sat there <laughs> and just watched the same scene, but then the secret boss doesn't show up. Right. And you just go to credits. Yes. <laughs> so I thought that was weird. Yeah. I mean, I get it. Like much the... like everything else, the messaging was weird. Yeah. <laughs> I get the inclination to want to put a secret boss in the game. Oh yeah, that's not what I'm like criticizing. It's just like they just did it. They weird. put they put that screen there, making me think that view ending and view real ending would be more different <laughs> options than they were. I wish they would have called it fake ending. Like yeah, just... fake ending and real ending. That touch yeah. would have been more funny to me. Yeah, I think. Uh. Yeah. Do we have fucking thoughts? Uh, my fucking thoughts are, um, yeah, this game didn't age super well. Um, it kind of feels like I don't know much of anything about Suda51, but he seems like the kind of game developer that would like fancy himself in auteur. Um, and it seems like in the creation of this game, um, he was surrounded by yes men or he had, you know, or had no one to, that was really questioning his decisions and he just kind of put whatever he wanted to in there. Um, and then it seems like through like critical feedback, he got the, was his yes man. And it seems like he actually, or his, no, not his yes man the opposite was his like leash or his his no producer, his producer telling him no you can't do that mm-hmm. um and he actually like improved the sequel like from what i've read um so i mean that's an interesting case um and that i was just thinking about while we were talking um it, like you would think based on everything i've read about the first one and the reception to it that like that seems like the situation where you just knuckle down and you crank out a sequel that like does all the same stuff, but bigger. Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's cool to see that, uh, there actually was improvement from, uh, what I was reading about it. Um, but so, but for just this actual game, uh, a lot of rough edges, but as I said at the beginning, like there's something about this game that makes me kind of want to like it. And it's like this kind of undescribable quality. And I think, mentioned multiple things but like it's got something about it that i think kind of draws people to it for better or for worse and that's why it's like a cult hit and why you find a lot of um good reviews for it even though like as we uh discussed like there's so many baffling design decisions in it uh so it's i still haven't really put my thumb down on my exact thoughts about it i imagine as the dust settles i will realize that this game just wasn't very good like the charm (laughs) will have worn off but uh i don't know i'm glad i finally played it because it was something that's been on my mind for it's just one of those games uh that's just been on my mind for a long time so and have from what i've heard about the second one like i am still curious to pick the third one up when it comes out like we'll see um but yeah. It's 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 a property that I think has a lot of potential and I'm glad it 
in a way that it's still around and I'd like to see it like continue to improve and to become a franchise that I'm actually legitimately interested in. Uh, well, I'm definitely a lot less charitable. Um, (laughs) I think that this game has exactly two things that are going for it. And the first of that is that it has a really interesting idea for a combat system. Uh, it is unique. Like it, it is the way that your character moves and does stuff is not a common thing in games, even today. Uh, so I like the intricacies of it. And I think that if done more intelligently, it could genuinely be a really fun time. Uh, and the subversiveness. Like, I think the fact that this game transgresses a lot, especially in 2007 era video games were not extra comfortable using the fuck word then and are really kind of maybe overly comfortable these days, uh, (laughs) which produces a lot of games that sort of sound like they were written by a 14 year old. Uh, But this game feels like it was written the way that it was intended to, to me. Like, I think that it accomplished its goals. I just think it accomplished them shitty ways. Uh, Everything else about this game I found more or less objectionable. Like, nothing felt really good to do. And this is almost assuredly in my bottom five games that we've played for the podcast. Like, without... I, I can't, it might be even lower than five. I'm not sure yet, but I also am glad I played it. Like I'm, I'm happy to have played the game because it was something that I heard about and taught and was talked about positively. And I got to experience for myself what it was. And I'm kind of with Andy. I feel like if I played it when I, in 2007, I would be more, I would, I would be warmer to the game. Uh, and I am spoiled a bit by 13 years of, of development in the industry that is made that have made AAA games a lot smoother than this game goes down. So I don't think it's worth playing in 2020. Uh, if you're just if you're just curious, then it's definitely worth the experience. Mm-hmm. But if you're looking for a game that's going to be a fun time that you'll have, a, yeah. have fun with, this yeah. isn't it. Wait for it to go on sale. If you must buy it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And something you said there, like, I feel like a, an intelligent version of this game <laughs> would be something like fury mm. or like even something in its own console generation. I feel like something like mad world is like, the stylish third person action game that makes you feel like a badass murder machine <laughs> that is much better. Mad World even like has those transgressive elements as well for yeah. being like exceptionally violent. Yeah, it's yeah. like it got more of a Sin City vibe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's actually a good point. We should have talked about Mad World instead of this one. Mm. <laughs> but that one I would have it's, to actually it, pick up a Wiimote. It's on it's on the list. It is. But it's it's one of those games, like, I played it, uh, like, the first, like, third of it or so, uh, like, just several years ago, like, after the Wii's heyday, mm-hmm. uh, and I think the Wii is, like, a kind of a hard console to go back to once you've moved past it, but, like, I think it's one of the few games that really benefits from being on the Wii. Like, it's really intense, and there were parts where, like, 
you have to like rip something apart, like move your fists away from each other. And mm. every single time I would do it, I'd get so into it that I'd rip the Wii remote, like the nunchuck <laughs> out of the Wii remote. And like, I couldn't not do it. Like it gets you that into it. Right. So like it, it's one of the best implementations I think of the Wii's motion controls. All right, cancel this episode, delete it. Let's <laughs> go play Mad World. Mad World's on the list. We'll play it someday. Yeah. Uh, thank you for listening to Noclip this week. What are we talking about next time? Next time, it's the Noclip Awards. But then after that, we're going to be talking about Final Fantasy X. Finally getting around to doing those viewer suggestions. <laughs> Like we had a long, we had a bunch of games on the list we had to play through. We do schedule no, really no far heroes. in advance. <laughs> it's the last one, I guess. And now we can get you to can what everybody why. said. So we're gonna do Final Fantasy X, and then Bad Rats Two, <laughs> and then uh, sum- the Sumo Wrestler game. Yes, Super Duper Sumo, yeah. whatever it's called. <laughs> but uh, in all seriousness, if you're someone that's on our Discord. Uh, Go ahead and suggest some games. Uh, <laughs> I, I think we've gotten to the point where we've talked about a lot of stuff now, and we're like totally open to suggestions. So if you have anything you would like to see us do, just drop it in there. Also note, uh, if you were listening to Pocket as well, that the next game that we'll be doing for that this comes yes this will come out <laughs> after the episode that we haven't put up a pocket yet uh-huh. uh is panko park which was also suggested on our suggestions page yep uh and note that one was suggested pretty recently and we're doing it yep because it is a couple hours long and Final <laughs> fantasy took us like a year before we were like i think we can fit it in here yeah so if you suggest a short game, much more likely that we'll play it. Yeah, it's much easier to do something that's like below 20 hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, but until that time, uh, which will be a long time, but you'll hear me do this again uh, in January, uh, <laughs> you can get a hold of us. All of our contact information is on our website at splattershot.pro or if you're lame noclippodcast.com uh there you can find links to our discord our twitter uh we put up a new introduction uh which is a three minute skit that uh kind of give you you guys know we're friends we'll wink and a nod you understand what to expect from us when you put on the podcast but uh if you have any friends who are like oh, i really have been wanting to get into no clip but i don't know what to expect from them you can you can point them in that direction uh, or you can listen to us talk about um what are some other wii games i was gonna say bayonetta it's not on the wii uh-huh. but it is a character action game it was on the wii u it was on the wii u yeah technicalities we haven't covered many wii games because you don't like the wii <laughs> it's also hard to get True, it true you have to up. set it up yeah we played trauma center oh uh, yeah trauma center which we did do and that was like a whole ordeal to set up we had to all play it in the same <laughs> fucking room well we did we that like on one pro- working wii between oh, us i think we i thought we just did that because we wanted to play it together mm, i don't think well also I think copies of the game were more expensive than we thought uh, they would be. Okay, that well. might be the case. I just I thought we had planned to play it together for some reason. And I've just misremembering. I mean, I could be as well. Um, uh... <laughs> smash the like button. <laughs>
jerk off that like button. Recharge it. <laughs> oh, I totally forgot the first note that I made on this game. Uh huh is actually the first words written in my notes are i love which you would think it wouldn't be the case if you listened to the whole episode but it is i love that when you call your bike a dude just shows up and is like travis and then fucking leaves and i don't know who that guy is he says something about being like longtime friends or something sometimes okay i remember one time he was like travis been a bad day and then he just (laughs) walked away that guy is great. Top 10 guy. Uh, but anyway, call up the subscribe button and they ring the bell. I don't fucking know. See you later. <laughs> he was a podcast hero. Stars in his eyes. No more heroes. Welcome back. <laughs> <laughs>